Oh, howdy, Faith Church. Maybe you're one of those individuals today that's going, is it still Vision Sunday? I hate this stuff, this corporate talk. Wah, wah, vision, vision, where are we going? Vision, vision. I know it's the last Sunday, but vision is important. If we didn't have a vision as a church, our church would die. Without a vision, it's purposelessness. And so vision changes us, it grows us, it expands our mind, it makes us usable for God's kingdom. And so I know some of you don't like vision. I get it. Stick with me one more week. I also know that some of you don't like hearing bad news, right? I think most of us come to church, maybe you jumped online today or you showed up on campus today because you want Jersey Joe to give you some nice, warm, fuzzy feeling about how good you are as a dad. Oh, you're such a good dad. You want to hear pats on your back about what a good person you are. Tell us how God's going to bless us, Pastor. Tell us how he's going to make us feel good about ourselves. We all want to be encouraged. I get it. But without bad news, there's no good news. Without reality, there's no sense of where's God's power and his mercy and his grace and his truth. And so around here, we're realists. Yes, I hope and pray that God is at work in your life and your experiences in his blessing and his greatness, but I also need someone to hold up a mirror to me and to you to show us what reality is, and in reality, that's when we begin to see a vision of where we're going. So last week, Pastor Brad was talking about how for all of us, we're going to face storms in life. We're going to face difficulty in life, and he challenged us that if we don't lean into our relationship with God, If we don't follow him and learn from the scriptures and are not connected with other people and we don't serve, that when the storms of life come, it's just going to knock us over. It's just going to topple our faith. But as we lean in, as we want to grow, as we ask the Spirit of God to open up his word and show us who we are, as we serve, as we obey God, it's amazing that when the storms of life come, we're able to stand firm because we are following Jesus. But that's bad news that can be followed by good news. As we follow, we grow and we're changed. I want to point your attention to some more bad news. All right, like, look at this. You hypocrites. I mean, who wants to hear that? Who wants to hear that you're a hypocrite? Welcome to Faith Church, you hypocrite. I mean, is this the worst thing that someone could say to us? You hypocrite, which means who you are, what you say about yourself, what you say you believe isn't true. The word hypocrite just means you're playing a part. You're acting a role. You hypocrite. And the reality is, who isn't? Who among us would raise our hands and go, I'm not a hypocrite, really? Should we ask your family, Dad? Should we ask your family? We ask your friends, ask all of us. Like, we say one thing. We say we believe. We say we want to follow Jesus. We say we want to walk and honor God. We want to obey him. We say we're followers of Christ. But how many of us struggle? I am the greatest hypocrite. I am the greatest hypocrite because I I, I say certain things about how I want to live, but I fall short so many times I'm a hypocrite. But I want to ask you to think about this phrase, you hypocrite. Does it apply to churches? Does it apply to groups of people? Can a church, can faith church be hypocritical? 
Can this place, this group of people, this group of leaders, this group of people that serve and grow here, can we be described as hypocrites? Great question. Thanks for asking. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 through 15. Matthew, New Testament, electronic copy, paper copy, Matthew 13. And we're going to dig into this topic a little bit about can a group of people, can a church be hypocritical? Would you pray with me? God, thanks so much for the opportunity to be together as a family today, whether online, in the chapel, here in the center. God, all of us know how broken we are. We struggle, we fail, we fall, we say many things, and we wind up living very differently. So would you meet us today and show us not only individually, but also as a church, what it means to be authentic followers, an authentic church of Jesus Christ with a vision that moves out beyond ourselves to others. I pray you would do this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is starting out in this chapter talking to disciples and to crowds, and he points to teachers of the law and Pharisees, and he says, hey, you teachers of the law, you Pharisees, he's drawing attention to them, and he says, hypocrites, teachers of the law, Pharisees, they're kind of the ruling class of the worship at that time. They're setting the pace for Jewish worship, they're teaching, they're modeling faith, and Jesus says, you know those religious types of people, they don't practice what they preach. There's a disconnect between what they say and what they live. They make things difficult, he says, but they don't lift a finger. They say they love, but they don't love. They say they want to serve others, but they don't serve. And he warns people, watch out for those types of individuals. He's talking to the crowds when he says that. And then he turns and looks directly at the religious leaders and the Pharisees. And he gives them seven warnings in verse 23 or verse 13 through 29. And we're just going to look at the first two of these warnings. He's warning the leadership of their worship at that time. Verse 13, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourself do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Whoa, Jesus. Intense. Woe to you, he says. And we don't use that word, woe, to you, that phrase, unless we're riding a horse, right? Like, whoa, right? And, and we kind of use that as an example. Like if somebody around you is going a little nuts, a little buck wild, you go, whoa, 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 settle down. And in some ways, that's what Jesus is doing. He's looking at a group of people and he's saying, whoa, 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 settle down. You're on the edge of impending doom. If you stay the course, you're in trouble. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those who enter who are trying to. There's something about their actions, something about their leadership, something about their teaching, their lifestyle, that they're keeping people out of the kingdom of heaven. They say they represent God. They say they love. They say they want to serve. But instead of welcoming people into God's family and kingdom, they're blocking the door. 
in that generation, in this generation, in every generation, there are people who are seeking after God and God's peace and his forgiveness. And Jesus' warning in this moment is that there are those who should be opening kingdom doors who are closing them. And he warns them, you hypocrites. You're supposed to be welcoming people into God's family, welcoming them into the grace and truth. And you're blocking people from coming into the kingdom. And we've, we've all probably experienced this on some level. We've all been a part of a church or interacted with Christians or leaders who say that we should love, but they don't love. Who say we should be full of grace and truth, but they're not full of grace and truth. Who say that they're trying to protect the vulnerable, but they're actually hurting the vulnerable. Who say that they care about justice, but they're actually treating people unjustly. That those who should be opening kingdom doors in the church of Jesus Christ are actually barring the door and keeping people away from the truth. This is a dangerous hypocrisy, Jesus says. He goes on in verse 15, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites, you travel over land and sea to win a single convert. When you've succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Man, imagine if Jesus said that to us. You're willing to, to do whatever it takes to go and make converts into your religion. But those people end up worse than when you first met them. And interesting, in Jesus' day, the, the Jewish leaders, if in their lifetime they won one person, if one person was converted to Judaism through one of these teachers of the law, that was a big deal. Like to them, that was a notch in their belt. And so they lived their entire lives hoping if they could just get one. And that was hard for them because they're, they're promoting a, a religion of do's and don'ts without a lot of life change, where it looks good on the outside, but the inside is still dark and dirty. And people can see right through that and how difficult it would be to win someone over to something that's so hopeless, so legalistic, so do's and don'ts with no life change. They were doing it to win one single convert to put a notch in their belt. And Jesus is warning, he says, those who should be helping others are serving themselves. They're doing this religion not because they actually care about a person that has a soul that will never die, because they care about their resume. They care about their own wealth, their own appearance. They care about themselves. You'll go over land and sea, but you don't care. And we see this in religious extremism all the time, where people will recruit others they don't actually care. They're just trying to build a brand, build a lifestyle. They don't actually want to serve people. They're trying to get something from people. They're not giving something to people. This type of religion or self-serving is not God-honoring, and Jesus says it's hypocritical. He's warning this group of people in these set of verses, woe to you, you hypocrites. You say you're about opening the kingdom of heaven for others, but you're actually barring the way. You're putting obstacles in the way so that these people can't come and get close to Jesus because of you. Woe to you. You're supposed to serve people. You're supposed to help people. You're supposed to love people, but you're actually serving yourself, loving yourself, helping yourself. And I just read this passage a couple of weeks ago, and it just like struck me 
Does Faith Church do this? Is this who we are? That we close kingdom doors instead of fling them wide open? Are we here to serve ourselves? Do we serve other people? And it dawned on me that I could be such a hypocrite as an individual, and I get that. But look at my church, look at our church, look at Faith Church and go, is this who we are? We say we want God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. We'll go over land and sea on mission trips. We'll spend all kinds of money and time caring about other people, but is it really just to build a brand for us? Is it really just to build a name for us? Or is it actually for God and to God and through God? Are we serving ourselves comfortable in our mega church with a cup of coffee and a, praise the Lord, I love the worship team. Pastor Joe's so funny. <laughs> Are we actually loving the truth enough outside of our comfortability enough to say Jesus is the only hope for this life and the life to come and I don't want to serve my brand. This isn't about my comfortability. This is about the fact that there are people that have no hope. They have no access to Jesus. Does that matter to you and me? And every time I put an obstacle in front of someone finding Jesus, whether consciously or subconsciously, whether deliberately or not deliberately, I am hurting and harming and I am a hypocrite. That's not the version of faith church I want to be a part of. Is that the faith church you want to be a part of? I don't think so. I think most of us want to help people find and follow Jesus. Even when we fail, that's what our heartbeat is. That's what we're united around. And we exist strategically to give more people access to Jesus. And access is, there's an obstacle in the way. You know, when somebody says, you can't come in here, you're not allowed in this room, you can't go to this conference, you can't go to this concert, you can't get here, deny access. What does denied access mean? It means I, I can't get in. And what do we want? We want obstacles to be removed so that everyone can come to Jesus. And individually, here's what that looks like. And this might be the hardest thing that some of us need to swallow. We can individually make a decision to give people access to Jesus. And here's the best way. Realize you're a hypocrite and decide before God you're not going to be anymore. God, help me. I'm not going to do it perfectly. But humbly, I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I want to look like you. I want to read your word. I want to be changed by it. I want to be, obey you. I want to sacrifice for other people so that at work, in school, and at home, you're going to see Joe, and Joe's going to fall and fail a lot. I'm going to mess up in all kinds of ways. But humbly, I want to follow Jesus. The best way I can give access to Jesus to everyone around me at work, at school, in my neighborhood is to be an authentic humble follower of Jesus. Because how many people don't want to be a part of church or organized religion because of pastors and priests and people like me? I don't want any part of organized religion because they've seen what we look like and how we act and how we treat and how we spout off about what matters to us and we live completely the opposite. The greatest way I can give more people access to Jesus is to humbly follow him. You and me can both do that today. But as a church, 
We, we want to do this. We want to give more people access to Jesus. And, and so there are ways strategically that God is calling Faith Church. And we've talked about a bunch of this over a lot of years. But I just want to remind you again, there are ways as a church we can give access to Jesus to lots of people. Let me review it with you. We're going to give access to Jesus, to people, through strategic things that I'm trying to remember right now. I should look at my notes. Oh, through foster and adoption. Do you know right now in Pennsylvania, there are 15,000 kids that are in the foster system? In Lehigh County alone, 1,500 kids. What happens to those kids? What, what happens to those kids? We want to create an environment, and it's already happening here at Faith Church, where those kids find forever homes right here among us. And that's a big ask. That's a big deal. That's hard work. That's a calling before God for someone to do. But we can be the kind of church family that if a family steps out and says, I'll foster, I'll adopt, we can resource and encourage and help and care. And that changes the life of kids. We're going to open a counseling center. Do you know right now in Lehigh County, before the pandemic, listen to this, before the pandemic, you wait eight months to get a counselor. Eight months. Is that acceptable to you? Before the pandemic, Faith Church served 400 people a month in our counseling and care center. We don't have enough room and enough counselors to do this, so we believe before God that it's our responsibility to launch a counseling center to meet the mental health, the needs of people emotionally and spiritually, and that doing that, we're going to give people more access to Jesus uh, online ministry. How many of you were against online ministry before the pandemic? You're like, I think online ministry is stupid. <laughs> yeah, how'd that go for you, Right? Praise God for online ministry. I am so glad I'm reaching into your living room right now because there are people that will never come to Faith Church. For any number of reasons, they won't come in the doors. And with technology, we can reach into homes and hearts and people can find and follow Jesus and grow and serve. So we gotta do better in our online ministry. We have to engage more people electronically. We want to develop content and curate resources so that when you're looking for questions about things in your life, you can go on our website and go, how do I do this? And there's resources available for you to read and grow and be changed. We want to expand our online ministry. We're going to start churches. In Lehigh, County, there's not enough God-glorifying, Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-empowered churches to reach people. Do you know right now there are people driving 35, 45, 55 minutes to come to this stinking church? That's nuts. I can go to Wawa down the street. I can go to Costco down the street. I'm not driving 25, 35, 45 minutes to Costco, but I'll drive 45 minutes to come to a church. It's because churches like us haven't started more churches we want to start more churches. So right now in your small group, you might talk kind of quietly in your small group and go, hey, hey, maybe we could start a church. That conversation might be happening in your small group right now. We would love to know that so we can help you. Maybe your small group is going to start a church. Maybe you're tuning in from Doylestown. There's other people in Doylestown that are also watching. And maybe you go, well, I'd like to have a church in Doylestown. We're going to help you. We'd like to help you start a church in Doylestown. 
There are other church planners that are working in the valley. We want to help them. We want to launch another site, maybe more sites of faith church, because where there are rooted and real followers of Jesus who gather together to worship and learn, it changes people's lives. We want to start more churches. And last, we're going to reach unreached. This is hard to imagine. Right now, 3,000 people groups that have no access to Jesus. 3,000 ethnicities around the world that have zero ability to connect. There's no Bible in their language. There's no church in their region. They couldn't even bump into another Christ follower if they tried. Faith Church is poised to send people who are going to love another culture, who are going to translate the Bible, who are going to start churches in other ethnicities so that the vision of God, that he is surrounded by people from every tribe and nation and language, that we're going to be a part of it. And that has already begun here at Faith Church. That's already started. That's been on our heart for years. I want you to watch this. My name is Savannah, and this is my story of following Jesus. I grew up attending Faith Church. My grandparents, along with my dad and his siblings, actually moved here in the 70s. Um, My parents met here, and then my sister, my twin sister and I, were born on a Wednesday, and that Sunday we were here at Faith Church and had the privilege of being a part of this family of God um, all of my life, besides a few years away for school. Seems a little crazy to think that from the age of five, I was saying that I wanted to be a missionary, but the Lord was so faithful to continue to confirm that in small ways, step by step throughout my childhood. I had known about missionaries and their work and missions for my whole life, but it wasn't until the summer after my senior year of high school that I went away for a week with some friends and a missions organization, they shared with us about missions and what it was like to go. And that was where I first heard the phrase unreached people group. And that was new to me. I didn't know that there were people, many people in the world that had never had the opportunity to hear the gospel. They couldn't respond in faith and believe even if they wanted to. And as God's people, he had called us to be a part of giving them access to Jesus. It's encouraging to look back over my life and see how the Lord has been preparing me each step of the way for what he has for me next, what I don't even know is next, that he knows me personally down to what I like and enjoy and that he can use that for his glory and his purposes. From a young age, I always loved going to school. I loved learning and studying, and I'm excited to be able to use that to study language and to study God's Word. I love meeting Him in His Word, studying the Scriptures, and I'm excited to put those two loves together to work on translating the Scriptures into a language for people that haven't had access to God's Word yet. On my own, I'm naturally a planner and task-oriented, so I, a few years ago, had all the steps laid out that I expected that I would be taking. But after an unexpected season of the Lord asking me to wait on Him, I'm so grateful to now be exiting that, but with the confidence and 
the strong belief that his way and his timing are best. And something I keep coming back to is that following Jesus is a lot like walking with him. It's a relationship, it's personal. He's right there with me through every step, through every challenge. And the greatest confidence and peace that I have is that he is with me. So here I am now about 20 years from when I began saying that I wanted to be a missionary when I grew up, preparing to take the first step into that. Come August, I'll be headed to Mexico to receive training to be a part of church planning among unreached people groups. When I think about giving people access to Jesus, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude for the abundant access that I have received in my life to Jesus through my family, through Faith Church, through my life experience, and I have a strong desire for all to have access to Jesus as God's heart is for all to be welcomed into his family, into his kingdom. Someone recently referred to me as courageous, and when I think about myself on my own, that's definitely not the case. I get scared, I get fearful, I worry, but I know that the Lord has placed this next step before me and I know that He's with me. And so I'm saying yes in obedience because I love Him and I want to follow Him. And the Lord places those questions in front of all of us. Will we follow Him? Will we serve Him in this way? And we can say yes because He's with us and that He will equip us and it's not just us on our own. It's awesome to be a part of a church family that's been here for 55 years and we stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us and people, real life people like Savannah are following Jesus and learning and growing. I just wonder if, if you put all these things up on a list, giving forever homes to children, helping the mentally and emotionally unstable or people that are needing help, engaging people with more online ministry, starting more churches, reaching an unreached people group. If we did this by God's grace, would people be able to call us hypocrites? Yeah, they would. They'd still call us hypocrites. But with God's strength and his power, if we could do this humbly together, all of this on our own is just too much. But if we could do this together, does it not say, hey, we care about you. We're not just this church that's about our own comfort. But we're actually going to sacrifice, prioritize to help other people. And that doesn't mean you're going to be like Savannah. Savannah is just one person who's following Jesus with a unique set of goals and abilities and a calling from God to use her life to go to some place where she learns a culture and translate a Bible. She's just a normal, everyday hypocrite like you and me who's trying to follow Jesus, and you and I can do the same thing. And what's standing in the way of you and me doing this? What's standing in the way of our church doing this? Thanks for asking. Watch this. It's kind of fun. If we're going to give people access to Jesus, what's it going to take? Thanks for asking. It's going to take prayer. Because this is big, and we can't do it on our own, and we can't take credit for it. It's going to take us asking God together that he would do what we can't do by ourselves. It's going to take a group of people that say, I have a vision for this. I want Faith Church to reach out and give more people access to Jesus. So I will pray. I will pray for wisdom for the leadership, for unity for our church, for open doors of opportunity. I will pray for the people that are on the front lines of some of these things. This is not going to be done 
This supernatural goal is not going to be done without God's people saying, we want to do this together. It's going to take people who are willing to lead. You know, maybe one of these things grabs your heart. You're like, you know what? I could help out with online ministry. I'd be curious to learn more about fostering and adopt. Maybe you want to foster and adopt and you're just curious and you want to learn. We're not going to twist your arm, but you're like, I'll learn about that or I can come alongside and help someone who is fostering and adopting. I have a heart for the unreached. I could be a part of leading in that counseling. I'm not a counselor, but I'd like to be a part of helping that happen. I mean, all of these different things, if there are not individuals from this church It's not just the staff. It's not just the leadership. It's people like you and people like me who are saying, I will be on the leading edge of helping Faith Church do some of these things, starting churches, counseling center, all of this stuff. Would you be willing to lead? And of course, these things cost money. Of course. We're not ashamed to say that. Savannah, this summer, along with four other people, are going to Mexico to learn, and we're paying their way as a church. It costs money. It's okay. It's money. We have it as a family. Real estate market right now, in commercial real estate for a counseling center or for churches to start, it costs money. Equipment costs money. All these things, launching church, costs money. And maybe you have money. Maybe you're like, I'm ready to give. I'm able to be a part of this. It costs money, but it's okay because as a family together, if we say, I will pray, I will lead, I will give, above and beyond what I'm already doing, I can do this. We can accomplish God's vision together to ensure that more people have access to Jesus. So I'm not sure where you are. Some of you have been around Faith Church for a long time. Some of you are super new. But I just feel compelled to say, if you're ready to be a part of praying, leading, and giving to give more people access to Jesus, I just want to encourage you to text KM2021 to 97,000. KM Kingdom Movement 2021. I'll be willing to help in some ways. And if you text that, you'll be given an option to say, hey, here's what I'm involved in. Here's what I'd like to be involved in. Here's what I can play a part in doing. Nobody's going to twist your arm. Nobody's going to send you an invoice. That's not how we roll. But if God's tugging and working in your heart and you want to be a part of this, we just need to know it. And maybe you don't text. That's cool. Chat us up online right now or call the church office. Let us know. Go to guest services. Let us know that there's something going on inside you where you say, I want to be a part of giving more people access to Jesus. Again, nobody's twisting your arm, but saying, can you help? We would love for you to help. So that Faith Church is not a church that has no faith. I mean, can we, as a family, pray and prioritize? Can we sacrifice Can we see that this is bigger than you and me and that there are ways for children and those who are struggling mentally? There are ways for those who can't get to church because it's 45 minutes away. There are ways with unreached people that they'll never have a Bible unless a group of people says that matters to us. Does that grab your heart at all? Because if it does, we just want to know how you can help and how we can do this together. I love that right now online and in this room, in the chapel, there are people that are just exploring faith in Christ. 
that you're just trying to learn and see, is this God thing really important and this talking head getting up and talking about vision? I am glad you're here if you're just exploring, whether you're an atheist, agnostic, you're Methodist, Episcopal, Catholic, whatever stripe or tribe of Christianity you are, whether you believe or don't believe, but you're curious and you're here with us, we are glad that you're here. We want to help you find a relationship with Jesus. And next week, we're jumping into a series in the book of Philippians talking about how to find joy as followers of Christ. And so keep coming if you're curious and skeptical and you want to learn. And if you have found Jesus and you put your trust in him, are you growing? Are you serving? We are leveraging everything we got as a family to try to make sure you know what your next step is and you have opportunities to grow and to serve wherever you are in your spiritual journey. But there's a passion burning inside of me. I hope it's burning inside of you to embrace a Christianity that isn't just about me. It isn't just about us. That we're going to do more with God's help as a family to serve more people and not build a brand or more comfortability for us, but to leverage everything we got for other people because eternity is real and people are either gonna spend it in heaven with God or in hell apart from God. Does that matter? It matters to me. I hope it matters to you. Would you pray with me? God, humble us. We're a bunch of broken hypocrites. Cause us to repent and say we're sorry for ways we've talked about following you, but we've failed. Convict us of our sin. God, help us to dust off our Bibles, turn them on, open them up, and ask your spirit to guide us into all truth. Show us areas in our lives where we know we've been disobedient, and now you're calling us to follow you and to obey. God, wake us up from our comfortability of thinking that American Christianity is just for us to be comfortable and safe. Show us that real people here in the Lehigh Valley and around the world desperately need hope. And we can either be a part of putting obstacles in their way or we could be a part of removing those obstacles and giving people access to you so that others can find and follow you too. We have been given so much by those who have gone before us. May we be the kind of people that sacrifice so that others can see Jesus. God, for the person that's here today, it's the first time coming to church online or here on campus, just pray that you would reassure them of your love and grace. I pray that as a family, we'd be welcoming to all that one person at a time, one life at a time, one community at a time, you would do more than we can ask or imagine. That your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen.